Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. You know? oh, I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Desperate Spike Podcast. You like apples? All right, welcome into a, a bit of a special edition Just Press Play podcast. We are down. Both uh, Pops and LJ are out this week, but I'm joined by Uncle Tony and OJ. Braden is back with us. What's going on, guys? What's up, Tom? What's happening? Braden, we, we're glad to have you back. How's it going? Doing good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Glad to be back. So we got a lot, of, lot to get into. I mean, it seems like, knock on wood, the, the COVID is going a little away for NFL, at least for the moment. I, I don't know. Like, say that. I, yeah, I say that, and I'm about to get an alert on my phone that says, like, another game rescheduled. But we'll get into that. We're definitely going to have to get into some of the DAC news and the ramifications on that horrific injury. And uh, the biggest news of the week, Le'Veon Bell. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that. So all kinds of stuff we got to get into but first, I want to tell you about our friends. The wait is finally over. This is we finally get to talk, and we might get into a little baseball. I mean, the sports are all over the place. We got baseball, football. We just got done with the finals, but there's some future bets already ready for next year. I mean, it's all there, and football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. And you might not be able to go to the games this year, but you can still get on the action over at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. They also have all kinds of parlays you can get on. Uh, Uncle Tony, I'm sure we'll get into it, but the Chiefs screwed up a lot of parlays, mine included. Um, you can head to BetOnline today and use the promo code ARMCHAIR and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so – Tony, I'm going to start here because you called it in our group message. Le'Veon Bell was reportedly being on the trade block and was cut like it seemed like hours later. What did you think about the Le'Veon Bell news? Well, it's it's not surprising. Uh, Adam Gase has been trying to get rid of Le'Veon Bell since he got there. That deal was done without his, uh, you know, without, without him his, or the GM, right? Right. And so he's never wanted Le'Veon Bell, and it really, honestly, he's not that Adam Gase is right. Gase is right very often, but he was right here. That deal really sunk the Jets from an offensive standpoint. They should have spent that money on a big, big uh, offensive tackle. That would have done them a lot better for for the draft of Sam Darnold. But, yeah, it's it's just like Leonard Fournette in the fact that they see somebody that's really not going to be part of their future. There's no reason for them to continue to carry him. 
They couldn't trade him, try, been trying to trade him, couldn't get a deal. He comes back from the active, you know, back on active uh, list, and so they cut him. And we'll see where he lands. He's still got some use as, a, as an NFL running back. Uh, he's not the, the bell cow that he once was, but he's still got value and probably could hang around. LaShawn McCoy's been around now for four years after he should have been in, you know, part of a fishing boat or something. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, it, it's a big, big news. If somebody can land him for the right price, it's it's going to really help a contender. Well, I was interested, and I'm going to read off some stats to you. And some of these come courtesy. He went to the, the the research, but Field Yates put out some of these. But signed a four back in March, signed a four year deal last year, fifty two million, and since then. 17 games played, 260 carries, none of which have gone over 19 yards, zero 100-yard games, four total touchdowns, and got in, end up getting paid a total of $27 million. The interesting thing, Tone, I don't know if he's going to need to get the right kind of contract because the Jets are still on the hook to pay him $6 million this year. So whatever team gets him, they're still, he's still going to get $6 million. Uh, the joke, at least everybody who watches NFL is like, well, we know the Patriots next running back. So, uh, Braden, what do you think? What do you think happens with Bell moving forward? Is he even a factor in the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I just – just like you said, first thing I thought was Bill Belichick is going to scoop this guy up and somehow turn him into a 1,000-yard rusher in 10 games. But uh, I – actually, like right before we came on tonight, Twitter was starting to heat up about the Chiefs, which is interesting. I've seen I, some of that. Yeah, I mean, I know they had uh, one of the Harris – running backs go down before to opt out or something before the season. And then obviously they drafted Clyde Edwards Elair. Uh, and he's been, he's been great. He was great in that week one. And since then, I think he's, I think he's kind of slowed down, but that would be interesting to me. And it, it looks like there's some real, some real smoke there to the chiefs. That one's interesting. I, I actually, let's just go straight to you on the What do you think? Is that, that one interests you at yeah, all? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And one that you wouldn't have thought about three weeks ago, but uh, CEH right. has been struggling uh, has not uh, been producing. And with that loss that they took this weekend, I think the Chiefs have uh, got a little brought back down to earth a little bit and uh, certainly makes sense for him to go there because he he would do very well uh, in that offense, very similar to the way Pittsburgh uh, used to use him out of the backfield and as a slash runner. I also think there's possibilities, same coaching tree, that Chicago could have some interest with Tariq Cohen being out for the year. Uh, he certainly could provide insurance uh, for uh, Montgomery and then also uh, be that uh, that pass catching back for certain. So we'll see. I think that's where the most interest will go is in those two those two locations. It's funny. I mean, you mentioned Pittsburgh. I've heard some people joke about Pittsburgh bringing back. I don't think there's any way. There's, there's some bad blood there. But it's funny. If you could go back in time, I feel like Le'Veon Bell signs the extension with the Steelers or at least tries to get a franchise tag or something because, like, what he ends up doing, he skips a year. Gets around twenty eight million for two years with the Jets, but becomes unwanted and irrelevant now. And if he plays out the year with Pittsburgh, he has one more year where he played and put good film, which he did not do at New York. And he's a year younger than he currently. I, I don't know. I just think if he goes back, he may go, huh? Things weren't all that bad in Pittsburgh. Hey, I, he needs to he needs to buy his agent whatever kind of sports car his agent wants because man, what a deal. He got the money and he saved all this wear and tear because the Jets were are just terrible. They've been terrible and they're going to be terrible. So he really didn't get that much wear and tear. And so now uh, he could be viable for another two or three years. It's possible. Do we know is is uh, Adam Gase actually trying to win games or is he trying to lose games? Because it's hard to tell watching New York. I Braden. don't know. 
and and then you see him in in the interviews and stuff, and people are asking him like very valid questions, and he's just giving the most bizarre answers. Yeah, I'm with you. Sometimes I mean, you see him watch a game, and you're like, this guy doesn't even want to be here. And then you see him in the post game, and, and it's even worse somehow. So yeah, Adam Gase somehow Dan Quinn and and Bill O'Brien, who both needed to be fired by the way, but somehow both of them he outlasted fired both before. of them. <laughs> yeah, and that makes no sense. No, makes no the sense. only thing I can think because Joe Douglas didn't hire Gase or sign Bill. Maybe Joe Douglas, the GM, is just like, all right, let's just. I actually will have a better chance at losing if I yeah. keep Gase. So let's just keep him around for yeah. the full year. Get Trevor Lawrence. I really don't know if Sam Darnold's a bad quarterback yet. There's no way to tell. So. I don't think he is. But yeah, there's no way to tell. All right. Well, we'll I think that's plenty of Jets talk. That's probably, we probably <laughs> hit the so. over on Jets talk. Uh, moving over, as it, unfortunately, it's what we've been doing a lot on this pod. It's the, the weekly What's the NFL COVID News. As we mentioned off the top, the game, the Titans game, finally, it did get played. No positive tests. It looks like Cam Newton's back practicing, so the Patriots will be playing. I don't think there's – the, the Chiefs had a player test positive, but hopefully it's just – or I don't know if Anthony Sherman tested positive, but he got put on the list. He was, so, he was he was exposed to someone who was tested positive. Okay, that's what I was wondering because when I, when I yeah. hear he's on the list, that doesn't necessarily mean he tested positive. It just means Correct. they're putting yeah. him on that one. So – I know speaking with reporters, Roger Goodell said that the NFL cannot grow complacent with COVID-19 and he stressed flexibility and adapting, which is all this crap where you never know. Your bye week could be tomorrow. You just never know when that bye week is coming. As of now, the league is aiming to finish the regular season within 17 weeks, but a a week 18 scenario remains in play if a team that has already had its bye week is forced to reschedule a game to COVID and as far as the playoff bubble goes, because I've heard a lot of people talking about, we just saw the NBA do it, and the NFL do it. From what I've read, the NFL says that's not even on the table. I think the NFL doctor says it's not worth trying, and that the uh, Roger Goodell said it's not the money and how much it would take to try to get that many people in a bubble it just isn't working. He just keeps saying, follow the rules and do what you're supposed to. Tony, what do you think? Do you think maybe we're a little out of the woods, or who knows? No. I, so here's what I think. Um we're now into the critical part of, of this season, and, and as you pointed out, the bye weeks. So once you get past, if you've had your bye, then you no longer can say, well, push me out, because then you've got to double up or get an additional week. I think there's two possibilities. One, they could say we're going to play a week 18, and anybody that, that has a, a, a COVID pass goes to week 18, and week 17 and week 18 are just going to be a cluster. But um, the other thing, and this was right – I really think this is I think this has the best opportunity of happening that if two or more teams have to postpone to make two or more games postpone anytime between week six and week 10, they're going to suspend the season and do somewhat like the NBA did in that we're going to say, okay, whoever is at this point in the in the schedule and you have this record or you're the top 24 teams. We're going to take you forward in four weeks, and we're going to play weeks 12 through 16. And, you know, the schedules were kind of set to where that's when the conference games were going to be played. And they'll let those conference games roll out, and then they'll take the top the top eight and eight in each conference, and they'll go – I think they'll if they don't go into a bubble, they'll go into a strict lockdown to say, if you want to be part of the playoffs and not forfeit, you're going to have to follow these protocols, and we're moving forward with or without you. And uh, I, I think we'll probably lose if, – if we have some more tests, we're going to lose four to six games in the middle, finish with a four – we're going to have ten games total, and then you'll move straight into the playoffs. That's what I think's the most – What if we have more t- uh, positives, 
that's what's going to happen. And he asked anybody, we should all be thinking about we're going to have more pauses because, you know, they're saying we've got this second second peak coming, although we may be in it right now. So so we may be this may be it and, and we'll see a, a decline, but it, we'll see. It that's seems the NFL's the NFL's thought process on it is hopeful. They're hoping at least that this can be similar to what happened with the Marlins, where, you know, we had our little outbreak players weren't taking it seriously enough. And they're like, hopefully this is like a message like this comes for everybody. You know, even if you're doing things pretty good, it still could happen. And all it takes is one player for a team to all of a sudden, like, like that Titans tight end room. I mean, all it takes is one player and now you got an issue. So they're hoping things will get better. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I know it seems like they don't want to postpone games. They want to get that. They want to cash those checks. Braden, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, NFL's pretty much handling things exactly the way I thought they would. It would it's the one league where I was just like, they're going to have positive tests and they're just going to keep it trucking. Uh, I wish they would move things to a bubble for the end of the year games. But I mean, like like Tony was saying, I just, or like you were saying, I just don't think that's going to happen. Another thing I, I think we could maybe see happening towards the end of the year is, you know, they postpone games like to a, a, uh, a make believe week 17, week 18 type of scenario. And then if it's the if it's the Giants and the Jets, then, you know, I, I think they just don't play them. Similar to what they did in baseball, where, like, I don't think the Cardinals played a full 60-game season or maybe another team did that thing. So, I, at a certain point, I think they're just going to keep trucking through all these positive tests and uh, at the end of the season see what they need to do. Well, and it's clear. I don't know if we'll touch on it, uh, do much college football, but it, it shows that it touches everyone. Now the SEC's dealing with it. As of tonight, we're recording this on – Wednesday night. So they may, in fact, prove, I think they're going to try to see if it was a false positive, but Nick Saban just tested positive for coronavirus and will not be. Uh, see, Tony's been working. He didn't actually know this. Yeah, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID 19. He's asymptomatic. Wow. But he yeah. will not be, most likely, will not be on the sideline against Georgia, which is a huge game this weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> and now it was Dan Mullen right after I was wondering watching these there was a couple of games in Texas this past weekend where there were a lot of fans in the stands oh, yeah. wow. and then Nick Mullins after the game was like or yeah. not Nick Mullins but Dan Mullins after the game was like well I just I saw what happened in, in Kyle Field I'm ready to pack out the yeah. swamp I'm ready to get 90,000 now there's and I'm not laughing at positive yeah. tests within the team because I don't want to see that right. but it just shows and I don't really know how much it's dangerous for that many fans probably to be in the stands, but I don't know if that affects the team as much. It's not like you're going up in the stands and mingling with players, but it just, yeah. this is coming for every conference, coming for every league. It's not, if you're wanting to showboat, like if you're one of the people who are like, I told you the NFL shouldn't start. It's just a virus. We're going to have to deal with it. it sucks. Um, so, but that, I have a question for Braves. I have a question for Braves. It's kind of off topic, but I got to ask this and I was hoping we get to, so I watched the Oklahoma, Texas game this weekend. <laughs> All right. Now I'm not going to talk about the game, but yeah, but <laughs> no, well, okay. Now to ask you what side? Well, now I know what side you're on. Okay, so the thing was in the stands, they start putting up in the stands, and it was it was just like the regular old Cotton Bowl. You got the <laughs> girls in white shirts yeah. pulling up, and they got they're just doing. I'm like, do that? What what kind of? That's not many fail safes. I'm not complaining, but it was just like, come on, man, what are they? It looks like it was like 90 degrees and they got the sugar fan in, they're leaning on each other and sweat pouring it. Man, that looked like a, a cesspool of coronavirus <laughs> no, just it, way it, to happen. It, it. It was it was not much different than it normally is. I mean, they shut the they shut the Texas State Fair down, which is, you know, just that is coronavirus central. So that's I guess good mm-hmm. that they shut that down. But yeah, I mean, I actually went to the game at DKR in Austin. We played TCU the weekend before, and and yeah, it was in in a big stadium like that. I mean, you're sitting the closest people next to you are probably you know fifteen 
15, 20 feet away. So that was a little better. But when you go to the Cotton Bowl, man, you're you're bumping shoulders with somebody. That's just the way. That's just the way it is. Okay. And I agree. Okay. And, and I was I was actually watching the Cotton the Texas OU game at home. And on the on the side TV, we had the the A and M game on at Cal Field. Cal Field was packed. It looked. I thought there was eighty thousand people there. I mean, it was packed. So I mean, it, coronavirus is canceled down here in Texas. It's just, <laughs> it really, I promise you, it is. I go to. I went to dinner tonight in Dallas, and it's just like it's not a thing. They're not worried about it. Well, no. I hope we can get through. I love what college football is really. I mean, and I don't know if we need to get into it, Tony. I was really disappointed with that Arkansas game, but just watching college football, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I've watched. I've enjoyed watching NFL. So I hope we can get over yeah. it. But yeah, a lot of fans are in those stands down in the south. Yeah, no. yeah, and they're not All going right. anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> let's crazy. let's get back to some NFL talk, and I, we'll start. We're going to get in some of the the big wins and big losses and stuff. But let's start here. Uh, the Dak Prescott news. Dallas leading 24 to 23 in the third quarter over the terrible Giants. The fact that it was that close in the third quarter is already an issue. But then the Cowboys decide to run a designed quarterback draw with Dak Prescott. It breaks a tackle, bounces outside, gets rolled up on. And we all hope – I wish Tony Romo would have been right when he said he was hoping it was a cramp. It was not a cramp. His foot was pointing the opposite <laughs> direction. And it was a compound fracture, which for anyone that – unfortunately, as football fans, we know exactly what that means. It means the bone broke the skin. It was disgusting. It sucked. Seeing him cry was actually really – Tough to tough to see, knowing all the contract situations. So I'm going to go straight to you, Tony. What'd you think seeing that and and the Dak Prescott news? Man, it's terrible. I you know it, and on multiple levels, it was just a bad deal because you hate for a. It, it was kind of like Mahomes, you know, last year when it, like, oh man, he's hyperextended, he's dislocated his knee, he's going to be out forever, and everybody's like, oh my gosh. Or when Brady was in his prime and took that knee injury and was out. This is tough now. Luckily for Dak, and, and there's nothing really lucky, but he can't say, well, luckily he's got a fracture of his ankle. But it's in a location where surgery normally is very successful. I was reading something about it. It was very similar to what happened to Alex Smith, except for the fact that Alex Smith was on a dirt, a grass field, a wet grass field, and it really introduced uh, bacteria there. And so that caused it to be the problem that it was. But with Dak being on turf, they're not. they were not as concerned about – there being that type well, that's of good infection, to yeah. So it's it's tough. It does bring up, you know, why the franchise tag is the franchise tag. You know, Kirk Cousins skirted on that for three years and got and really got lucky, and Dak just didn't. Now, now Dallas is posturing now that they are we're going to make we're going to make good. We're still in contract negotiations. Dak is our guy for the future. I'm telling you right now, that's well and good, but Dak knows Jerry. And I can guarantee you that Dak is out there shopping. That that guess what? Sorry, sorry, Charlie. Somebody else may want to pay me. You know that five year deal that you didn't at this point in time. So well, we'll and Dak happens. knows Dak knows that Jerry at the end of the day is a businessman, and I don't think he's yeah. going to sign into a long contract before he knows he can do it on the field. And it, yeah. it's unfortunate. So I. I'm glad to hear you say – I thought comparing his injury to the Alex Smith injury was a little odd because, like you said, best-case scenario, Dak doesn't have an infection. Alex Smith's injury is different than anyone's because he had 17 surgeries. He almost lost his leg from stuff that wasn't a part of the field. It was the infection thing. It wasn't just the injury. So that that's a little different. I do think Dak comes back. I wonder if he's going to be the same. I, Brayden, I know you watch a lot of Cowboys. Cowboys fan, right? I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what was your thoughts seeing that? 
I, I grew up a Cowboys fan. I would consider myself a Cowboys fan, but you watch Jason Garrett for near a decade and you kind of lose some of your your fandom. So I, I think nowadays I'm more <laughs> It knows you a little bit. <laughs> right, a little bit. So I, I think nowadays I'm more a fan of players and Dak was at the top of that list. I just I, He's not a perfect quarterback, never has been, but as a person, I think he wants it so much more than anyone else out there. And, uh, you know, you, you hear about what he's been through, not only this year, but in his life, and you just can't help but root for him. I was I was sitting on the couch and obviously had to turn away when it happened and then see him get carted off and I couldn't help but tear up. It was just tragic. I, I hope he gets paid and I hope he gets paid by the Cowboys, but if the Cowboys won't do it, I hope someone else will and I hope he balls out with them. I think he deserves it. I think he has done nothing in his career up to this point to, to prove that he doesn't deserve it. Uh, and I I just really hated everything. That, that happened the day after the Texas OU game and it was not a good weekend for me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's just tough. I mean, pres- I, you can't really be mad. Like, it wasn't like they he's a quarterback where he's getting forced. I know back in the day watching Mike Vick, you kind of thought they put him in a lot of situations where he's a smaller guy getting hit a lot. I don't know if that's great. Dak gets used in these run plays a lot. And in five years as a pro, he started 72 of 72 games and has never once shown yeah. up on the injury report. So he's he's been a very healthy guy. And what really sucked is, is what we've talked about. It, it's kind of – and I know I think I really think he was honestly crying just because he wanted to win the game and to see your ankle sideways would would just it probably make me cry too. So I think I that's the, I yeah I think that was the majority. <laughs> but obviously a lot of us sitting on our couch thought wow the money implications hit us yeah. because obviously he didn't reach that deal. So he's been on the franchise tag, which guarantees him thirty one million this year. He's for sure getting that. But after this year, he's technically no one no longer under contract. The Cowboys can then do one of three things: they can let him leave hit the unrestricted free agency. They can sign them to a long-term deal or, which is the most likely outcome, a second franchise tag, which guarantees them $37.7 million. That deadline comes before there's any chance where he touches the field. So I don't – like I mentioned off the t- earlier, Jerry Jones, I think he does. There's probably part of him that wants to take care of Dak, but he's not just going to give him a crazy big contract before he even sees him touch the field. I mean, he's still going to be in rehab at that point. So he probably just gets tagged. Um I don't know. I was a lot of thoughts going on me was like I saw some people, and this is the worst person on the internet that were like, he should have just taken the deal this offseason. What an idiot should have taken whatever offer he got. Well, first yeah. off, we don't even know what the offer was. There's the reports or whatever, but I mean we don't yeah. know if they were playing hardball with him. Two, as mentioned, he's getting 31 million this year. He's most likely going to get a ne- another tag next year, which means he probably is going to get 70 million over two years. Then he could he could get tagged again in two years for 45 million, which means he gets guaranteed a ton of money over three years. And I I just think where it comes down to, and supposedly I know I was reading something and Bill Barnwell had an article where he was writing that Schefter reported last year during the negotiations that he signed a disability insurance for over 50 million. So oh, nice. if he still did, yeah. clearly he was thinking about this back in 2019. So I, he's not a dummy. I think he realizes football yeah. is a dangerous sport. Yeah. So right. I, and, and, you, and you never go out there expecting to, have your ankle bone pop out of your leg. You may be like, okay, well maybe I break my ankle and miss four to six weeks or something, but you never expect this to happen. So people that say are saying you should have just taken whatever the offer was that that's not how it works. And you wouldn't have, if you're in that same position, unless you know exactly what the offer was, which no one knows, but the people in that room, I think that's a dumb statement to say, what do you think, Tony? I'll tell you who's, I'll tell you who was crying when they saw that was the insurance agent from Lloyd's of London. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. He said, we "Oh just, shit! <laughs> we just got yeah. we we're gonna have we just got we're going to have to pay 150 million dollars to this kid because he'll never play football again." And so, 
they're they are more than happy to have Dak you know, come back. So no, I, and I'm certain that Dak was smart enough to get that type of insurance. Like I said, he had a disability uh, policy, and so so I mean, 31 million is is uh, you know 30. 30.75 million more than what I'm getting paid. So <laughs> I'm like anyway, that's a lot more than I'm getting paid, and so I'm I'm not gonna feel that sorry for him, but. It it, it it is a big difference for him. But I, I think the type of injury it was, like I said, at that ankle, it's his shoulders are strong. That may restrict him from running as much as he used to in the past. But I don't see that being any reason he can't come back and play football as long as that is healthy. We don't get that that infection type of thing. It's a, it's a definite injury you can come back from. So I, I, think- I would see him be able to come back from that. Long term, I think where it affects him for him, since it didn't happen, like it'd be one thing if he was doing a drop back and it happens because you've heard people tell the story. I know Carson Palmer talked about it because he got his knee torn when someone rolled on him. And so he was always uncomfortable in the pocket. It's not that is his ankle that he's going to step off of, step off of when he does his drop back. But it didn't happen during drop back. So it's not like he has thoughts of going, I'm going to snap it on any drop back. He might run less, which is probably an undervalued part of his game that he has the ability to run that he can. And maybe maybe he just completely doesn't worry about it. I, lunch, I was reading that LaShawn McCoy had this same injury back in high school, and we know LaShawn McCoy's put up a really good NFL career. So you can. I hope he does. Yeah. I'm rooting for him. I'm like I'm like Braden. Absolutely. I hope he gets a big contract. I'd prefer it to be in Dallas, but I just hope it all works out for him and he ends up recovering. It will. My I, question I, though, yeah. my question though, I want to go to you first, LJ. What about Dallas moving forward? I mean, Dalton went nine for 11, 111 yards, and led the Cowboys on a game-winning field goal. Again, it took a game-winning drive for a field goal to beat the Giants. So I don't know what exactly that's saying. Uh, but what do you think about the Cowboys moving forward? Are they are they going to screw around and still win the, the worst division in football? Yeah, I mean, I, I think – so I'm going to talk more about the, the the rest of the division when we talk about our picks and stuff later. But – I think the Giants were the second worst team in football to the Jets, so I don't put much stock into that. It was a great drive. Michael Gallup made an absurd catch. Two of really them. the game for him. Yeah, so uh, I, I think Andy Dalton is is he the best backup in the league? Maybe Jameis. Uh, it depends on how you look at backup quarterbacks, I guess. Andy Dalton's more than serviceable. He's a good quarterback. Uh, the way this defense is playing and the way this O line is ravaged, I don't I don't see any way that Andy Dalton is going to be as good as Dak as some people are acting like, but it probably is still good enough to win the division, which is just crazy. Well, that's kind of the thing. I know the optimist, the optimistic Dallas fan looks back and they go, well, I remember back when Dalton had some people even putting him in the MVP race. I think it was back four or five years ago. And he had weapons like a prime AJ Green, Muhammad Sanu, Tyler Eifert. And you would say the Cowboys can offer just as good of weapons, if not better when you factor in Zeke. And, but the, and the problem is Dalton had a great offensive line those years right. and since he yeah. and a good, good defense. At the time, he might have had – Andrew Whitworth was maybe the best left tackle in football. Now he's going to – I know, I know Braden, you've mentioned this on Twitter. He's going to a team that are down both their offensive tackles, yep. their center. Uh, they might be – I think they might have started four offensive four linemen that had never played, played, never started the game. And that defense lost, is yeah. awful. They lost Joe Looney at center. And he's a converted guard because the center, who maybe is one of the best we've ever seen, retired due to a rare life-threatening disease. So the offensive line is just – that was the best line of football two years ago has been so unfortunate. So, yes, I, there's weapons there, Tony, but are you are you kind of seeing past the, the BS and going, yeah, there's also a defense yeah. that gives up 400 yards a game. Yeah, the <laughs> only way that Andy Dalton – ends the season as the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback is somehow <laughs> if they can figure out how to run the football. Otherwise, Andy Dalton 
is going to be calling his Lloyds of London agent, wondering when do I get to collect on this injury that I just had because he won't make it um, because he doesn't have the mobility that Dak had to get out of the way of some of those things. But I honestly, um, and he is the best. I'll, I'll just say it. He's the best backup quarterback in the NFL. He, he is That's a fair. starting quarterback. He could start for 10 teams right now. And, uh, and so he's a great backup quarterback. If your line was stronger, I'd say this is a guy that could take you through the playoffs and you would, you'd have a drop off, but there's enough talent around to, to make up for that. Now, I would say for all you fantasy guys out there, I think this, this could be a shift in where balls are headed. You know, I think Gallup just went up the charts a little bit because that's more to Andy Dalton's uh, forte of, of clearly, the yeah, you can see the, what he was looking at. Yeah, and he doesn't have the timing that Dak had with uh, with Ceedee Lamb and with Amari Cooper, who run much Cooper shorter routes, and it's a lot more timing. You just throw it to Gallup. So if it, we're going to have to see for the Cowboys to be successful, Dak uh, um, Zeke Elliott is going to have to have twenty five plus touches a game. Period. End of story. If they can't get uh, Zeke twenty five touches whether run or pass, whatever, then they're they're not going to be able to win many more football games. And honestly, uh, I, I to me now Philadelphia is now the 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 uh, favorite to win that division. So they they have actually played well in a couple of really tough games, and their offensive weapons are far worse than the Cowboys, and they're going to be getting help here in a little bit. So. Well, and that in turn, like you said, not only do they need to get Zeke going because they're going to need to get those pass rushers off that awful offensive line for Andy Dalton to have success. And that'll keep the defense off the field. We're not scoring. I say we. The Cowboys are not scoring 40-plus points anymore without Dak Prescott. They're just not. Dalton can score, but he's not scoring 45 and doing some of the things that Dak did earlier in the year. So they're going to need to get a little more conservative and win games the ugly way and not worry about if they're putting up, which Dak was doing record-breaking numbers through the first four weeks. You've you've beaten the Giants and the Falcons by four points. I'm a little <laughs> Yes. I think if anything, I think if anything, the franchise tag probably just let's get rid of it. I, I mean, I get why they do it. I just think it let's just get rid of it. And then you force and you're gonna end up what happens is you're gonna end up paying a guy that probably shouldn't have got that long term deal, but the NFL doesn't guarantee it anyway. So you can cut them after a year or two. It's not like the MLB where Mike Trout's getting his big contract regardless of what happens tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So, all right, let's go to some of the big wins of the week. We'll start off with, with you, Tony. And then not necessarily a big win, but what win did you have that, that really stuck with you and has the biggest takeaway moving forward? I'll tell you what, um, the, and I'm sorry if I'm going to steal you guys' thunder because I've got two, but I, I, I think the Raiders win over the Chiefs. Because I grew up in Kansas City, Chiefs fan, Prestige Worldwide, who I have a slight interest in. He's a big Chiefs fan. Um, but to see a Raiders-Chiefs rivalry is really, really good. And to see the Raiders come out and and play the Chiefs game and beat them at it, I, I thought was was a big win, big win for the Raiders. The, the, the rumor out there, or I don't know what the rumor, the speculation, did we get a little blueprint game? Did we figure out how to beat the Chiefs because the league needs one? Uh, yeah, it's possible. But the Chiefs needed to have that. I mean, you know, you never say, well, that was a good loss, you know, but I, I think that reset, that can reset them. And, and as we talked about Le'Veon Bell earlier, they've got to figure out how they can – they've got to be able to power a, a run when it's time. And that, two years ago, that's what they had trouble with. Last year they figured that out when they had Damian Williams. But – uh They've got to figure out how to run the ball in the in, when it gets tough. 
So I do want to ask you off that win because that was it's it, you got to give the the Raiders credit. That was a good win. That was a really good win for them. Uh, as a, I think we might we have to at least consider the thought of maybe John Gruden might not be bad at coaching, but we can wait on that argument. We can we can give it a couple more weeks. But I do want to ask you as a someone I know you're watching that probably from a Chiefs perspective. Is the biggest flaw you saw in the Chiefs? I mean, I saw Patrick Mahomes was running for his life at times. Uh, was it that, or was it the lack of a running game? What's the biggest flaw you saw, or the or the lack of defense? Uh, I think I think what happened there is all of a sudden they you cannot discount how much. And I hate to say this because I I really gave them grief about this draft pick. You can't. I don't think you can discount how much Henry Ruggs means to that Vegas offense in the fact that he speed kills. You can't coach it. You got it, or you don't. And you saw Christian, that Al that, Davis is just half smiling right now up in uh, yeah, wherever he's at. Yeah. And the and the wins that the Chiefs have had, uh, other than you know they they really kept Marquise Brown under wraps. Uh, New England really doesn't have that kind of speed, but man, there it don't take much, just a couple plays, and I think that set them on their heels, and that allowed the Raiders to really get underneath. And uh, and yeah, I think you need to watch that defensive tape, and I guarantee you the Chiefs are. Because it was uh, – uh, they beat him on the line of scrimmage. Well, and the, were the Chiefs out – was Chris Jones playing? Do you know? Big, no. That's a big – he's really, really – I mean, he's not Aaron Donald, but he's really, really, really good. And that makes I, a difference I don't when he's not believe playing. he did. I, I, I don't believe he did. I, I, I didn't watch it that closely. But I know – I remember seeing Chris on the sidelines, and I can't remember if it was this game or the freaking game before because all this COVID crap going back and forth. So, I – but I, I don't think he did. That their defense has always been to me, and they're not a terrible defense, but they're kind of an op- that's what Tyron Matthew is. I mean, just opportunistic. They, they get turnovers when it yeah. counts, and they didn't get a lot of turnovers. Derek Carr played a good game. I doubt he does that for the majority of time, but he played a really good game. <laughs> so, moving on to the next game, uh, Braden, we'll go to you. The biggest or most notable win? What did what, you kind of take away from last week? Yeah, this might be a little recency bias because it was just last night, but the Titans impressed the hell out of me last night. I have uh, maybe because I own Josh Allen and, and some fantasy leagues, I've been I've been watching a lot of Bills games this year. And they look good. They were missing some some big pieces in that game, missing Tre'Davious White, who I think is probably their best defender, uh, and then they were missing John Brown, who if he's in the game, maybe the game doesn't start with a pick almost six by the Titans. You know, it goes right through yeah. that Bills receiver's hands, and they return it almost for a touchdown. Titans are on the board in like ninety seconds, but. But, but the Titans, there were three-point dogs in that game at home. So the Chiefs come in with a lot of momentum. The Titans haven't practiced in two weeks, and they're missing two of their top three receivers, Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. And they really didn't look like they have any weaknesses. We know they're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. He was throwing people left and right and just being the animal that he is. But Tannehill, through five weeks, has now 10 total touchdowns. And he's got one on the ground, so he's thrown nine touchdowns, and he's only given the ball up once. So it, it, as long as Tannehill keeps playing like this and that, that Titans defense is really stout, picked up Javian Clowney, got Malcolm Butler on the outside who had two picks last night. I, I'm not saying this is a team that is going to run through the playoffs, but they're definitely going to be a tough out. And before this week, I was like, yeah, they're undefeated, but they're the Titans. How long can Tannehill keep this up? I think they're for real. I think they're a real tough team. Well, funny, a few weeks ago before – COVID put a big pause on the Tennessee's uh, <laughs> schedule. We were talking before they were about to play Pittsburgh. We thought two, three, no teams. We're going to really figure out is Tennessee for real? Well, we didn't get that game. I do think we yeah. got this one. I think this win, you're right. I think this win is more about the Titans than it is the Bills. Yeah, uh, I, looking, I was looking back at the team stats. Both teams are very similar in first downs, very similar on third down conversions. Yards per play were actually exactly the same. And then the Bills had more penalties and turnovers, which that if you ever, everything's similar and you turn the ball over, 
probably going to lose. So I think it says more about the Titans than it does the Bills. But, I mean, it's time to start saying Tannehill is a good, good quarterback. I don't know if he's – he's not Mahomes, but he's good. Hey, he's you good. Know and, and they, yeah, go ahead, Tony. Yeah. yeah, you know the difference between Ryan Tannehill now and Ryan Tannehill three years ago? Adam Gase? Oh, you're not wrong. Hey, that's why you should be out there buying Le'Veon Bell stock right now. Guess what's going to happen? So, yeah. And, yeah, but no, that's right. Braden, those are great comments. This was a great game, you know, for Tennessee because there was two two different philosophies of are they going to be rusty because they haven't practiced in a month? It seems like, or <laughs> yeah. are they rested up and and they've prepared already and they're, they're they're ready to deal with the adversity and they obviously showed they were ready to deal with the adversity and uh, Vrabel is the only one of those of those New England Patriots former coaches to come out and do anything so or former player coaches and so uh, I props to them they look really good yeah I, I wasn't going to mention Adam Gase but I was going to say the same thing about ten, or not the same thing but a similar thing they just put him in really good spots and like he's not mm-hmm. the most physically imposing. He's not Pat Mahomes out there, but they're running a lot of motions. They're running lots of – I wouldn't even call them gadget plays. But, you know, they'll run two or three plays a game where I'm just like, oh, that's different, but it worked. Yeah. So they're putting him in, in good posi- easy positions to do good things. Yeah. You know, I know people are going to – you're going to hear this stat if you haven't already heard it a bunch. But it is interesting looking back. Since Mariota was mentioned in week six of last year, Ryan Tannehill has started 16 games, including the playoffs, and has gone 13-4. and four. With wins over Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Brady in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, and just beat our, our the MVP candidate Josh Allen last night. And it, the interesting thing, the only quarterback with a better record through that span is Patrick Mahomes. Also looking at it, the only person who's thrown more yards and touchdowns than Tannehill through that span, Patrick Mahomes. If you're behind only one quarterback and that's him. You're in pretty good camp company. I don't think Tannehill's like yeah. top three quarterback in the NFL, but I think you're right. He's the perfect game manager, and then and that offense is perfectly tailored to what he can do, which is just just win the game. That's all they need him to do. They don't need him to go crazy. So that, they're right. interesting to me. Yeah. All right, my best win. I was torn on two. I wanted to mention the Panthers just because I was interested in the Panthers. They've really impressed me after losing CMC, but I'm gonna I'm gonna steer clear from them and go to actually. I still don't know if they're for real or not, but we talked last week. We were like, the Browns are playing the Colts. This is a tough game. If they can win this game, then they're, we have to consider them for being for real. I'm at least considering that. They won about, what was it, 32-23 over the Colts. The Browns are now 4-1 and one for the first time since 1994. Did you know the head coach of that team was Mr. Bill Belichick and his defensive coordinator was Nick Saban. So it's been a while since yeah. they've been that good. Um, yeah. and the biggest thing, though, and the reason I'm not ready, I, I think it was just a big win for that team, and I'm interested to see what they do going forward. But the reason I'm not ready to say they're for real is because the best throwers on that football team might both be playing receiver, and neither one of them is named Baker. <laughs> <laughs> You might be right. <laughs> I was looking. It was only 18 yards, but Odell threw a little strike on a reverse pass that was perfect to Austin Hooper. And then, obviously, watching the Cowboys game the other week, Jarvis Landry threw a perfect ball to, to Odell Beckham. And it's interesting. They got two receivers that both can do these reverse passes, and they both do it with different arms, so they can run a reverse to either way, and they can both have a pass. The fancy's got a little gadget plays in them. They're interesting. What did you – what do you think, Braden? I mean, do you have any thoughts? Are the are the Browns for real? Are they scratching the surface for real? Or do you think this is a fluke? Uh, it depends on what you mean by for real. Because I think they have lots of weapons. Playoff, they like they, they can make noise. Make noise. I would say 
I'm not worried about them making noise. No. Okay. But but, but I think they have. I, I was big on Baker last year. He proved me way wrong. He was horrible. <laughs> but now you look at it. At they have a coach in there who knows how to use all those weapons that they've stockpiled. Their running game is wild. Nick Chubb goes down, and they've got this guy named D. Ernest who I've never heard of who <laughs> runs for 100 yards. So I mean, they, awesome, yeah. they're doing things right, and they've they've always had these pieces like Miles Garrett and uh, Denzel Ward out there on the on the on the outside on defense. So I, they're in a really tough division. Uh, with the the Ravens and the Steelers, but I, I can see them getting in the playoffs and being a tough out. I don't think they'll win a playoff game this year, but all the pieces that I have that they have now should be around for a few years. I can see them. I can see them getting frisky pretty soon. What What do you think, Tony? You kind of echo those thoughts. Saw you nodding a little bit during that. Yeah, I think that was a big test this week. You know that they're a leg up now on the Colts. Uh, for from a playoff standpoint of getting that if they're in a four five three six seed type of situation, um, and you know this year uh, if we're going to be in that playoff uh, situation, only the number one seed gets the um, gets the buy. Uh, so you're going to have the two playing this uh, six, I guess, and the is it two six three or is it seven? I can't remember, but only one team gets a buy, and there's seven teams in the right. playoff, something like that. Um, uh, uh, but uh, I, I I could see them winning their first game in that scenario because they wouldn't be they may be the higher seed four playing a five but I don't see them if they're if they're coming in and they're a six seed playing a three or two I don't see them being there yet just just not there and uh, but hey it's fun to see them at four and one uh, but uh, uh, it's you just you're just like okay and I'd hate to be in Cleveland watching them because you're just there going okay now okay what's going to happen what's yeah. going to happen. And something's got to yeah. happen, right? Something's got to happen. This can't be the year. Something's got to happen. But uh, they survived Chubb and and Dernis Johnson's actually a pretty good running back, and uh, uh, they'll just keep pounding the ball. And I'm, in December, when you can run the ball, good things happen. But unfortunately, they get to play the Ravens again, and uh, and so that's going to kind of knock well, them off the saddle, I think. And as we mentioned last week, we said last week if they can win that game, they prove us for real. Well, they haven't quite proven us, but they get another week to do it because they play the Steelers this week. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. to know a lot more about them. So that'll be interesting. I don't want to step on any toes. So if this is one of y'all's losses, then I'll just hand it over. But is it what Philip Rivers and the Colts? Is that anybody's worst loss or notable uh-huh. loss? Well, is it time to talk? Because I think as far as the 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 the, the wash quarterback races go philip rivers just you know he put a, he put a good little little gap between himself um that was that was not a good outing by him i mean that defense is still good that they have receivers it doesn't seem like they hit them jonathan taylor i thought was going to be good they're supposed to have a good offensive lineman is philip rivers the problem there braden or what do you think yeah philip rivers is all the way washed that was a weird deal when they signed him uh, I, I, last year, Aaron Rodgers had a had a down year. People were kind of questioning, myself included, kind of like, oh, is this starting to slow down? Tom Brady looks a little weird. Drew Brees, I'm not going to use the W word with him yet, but he's not looking great this year. Phil Rivers, it, it's over for him. I, I, I haven't seen him make a throw all year that I'm really confident and like, okay, he's going to do this for the Colts. I don't know why it's a, he's on a one year deal. I think twenty five mil. One year, like twenty five mil. Yeah, this has got to be it for him. I, I guess if you're just being nice to him, you keep him in. But I don't know why they don't go with Brissett or someone who has a little bit more future value and just see if he can be a little bit more explosive for this passing game. Well, I mean, Frank Craig after the game and then kind of doubled down on it said yeah, that Rivers is still the guy. He has no plans to bench him. Rivers is now he threw two interceptions, including one being a pick six the last mm-hmm. week. 
and was called for intentional grounding in his own end zone, which resulted in the safety. On the year, he has more interceptions, five than touchdowns, four. And dating back to last year, 28 turnovers for Rivers, which is the third most in the NFL behind only famous Jameis and Danny Slippery Fingers Jones over in, in New York. So <laughs> that defense is first in yards allowed per game, second in scoring, and fifth in forcing turnovers. Tony, do you think Phil Rivers turns this around and that team can be frisky, or are you kind of saying the, the washed word, the W word, too? You know, you don't have to be a great quarterback to win with the Colts, but you but you've got to be a good game manager. And Philip Rivers has never been a good game manager. He just never has been. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, anytime where your when your coach is being asked, are you going to bench your starting quarterback? It's not a good sign. It's not a good sign, and, and that means at some point in time that quarterback's going to get benched because nobody's asking Sean Payton, "Are you going to bench Drew Brees?" Hell no, nobody's going to bench no. Drew Brees. But Phillip Rivers, they probably are. And the unfortunate thing for them is they ain't got nobody behind them. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, and so I, I just really – it's a it's a shame. They've been caught with their pants down ever since uh, – what's his name? I refuse to say his name anymore. Decided in the second preseason game and he was done. <laughs> um, so uh, the, 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 the name we shall not speak ever again. Uh, but, um, but anyway – they're in trouble because they've just got to find a game manager. Brissette can manage the game. He certainly can. Yeah. With Jonathan Taylor, yeah. I think they could actually they could actually probably win more games than they than they could with Phillip Rivers. At it is interesting. Least, yeah. Oh, go Brissette, ahead. Sorry. At the very least, Brissette is just not going to turn the ball over. At least not as much mm-hmm. as Phillip Rivers. And and that that, that defense is so good. The games are going to be close enough. It's probably going to turn come down to who wins the turnover battle. Brissette's going to be the guy. I think. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, well, I mean, I, yeah. I'm interested to see what happens with Rivers because there's there's some stats you can pull out, like some like next-gen stats that say he's making oh. like the harder throws and all this stuff. I don't know. We'll see. It looks like he's the problem in – in Indianapolis, and you're right, Tony, it looks like they've gotten caught with their pants down. Real quick, speaking of being caught with their pants down, listen up, fellas. If you need to do some trimming down below the belt and you don't want any of those, those nicks and tugs, well, we got you covered over at Manscaped with the Lawnmower 3.0 and a new product alert over at Manscaped that just released Weed Whacker Nose and Ear, trim, ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hairs looking as nice as as your clean-shaven undercarriage. Look, I, you don't really think about it, but trust me, if you ask the 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 uh, what what women or men, for whoever's looking, are attracted to, I guarantee you they ain't going to say ears, ear and nose hair. Look, Manscaped is forever cha- changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proper, proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tucks, tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hairs is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. And right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping us all trimmed up and looking good all over. All right, let's go over to the the worst losses of the week, or it could be a good loss. It depends on how you look at it. Maybe you're an optimistic person. What we'll go to you first, Tony. What do you got? Um, okay, so I think I got you there, uh, Kim. The the worst loss that I saw it actually happened on Thursday night. Uh, uh, Tom Brady finally. Well, we get to keep it. talking about old quarterbacks. Uh, and for Tampa Bay, I know it was in Chicago, but that was a statement game for Tampa Bay to say we are part of the elite. We should be in the discussions for the top of the NFC and to take out a three and one Chicago team, and they just flat blew it. If you, you can't beat Nick Foles by a touchdown with Tom Brady and the weapons that they have, even with the, the a little bit banged up they are. I, that was a bad loss. Yeah, and then you got the whole thing at the end. They tried to cover for him. Brady clearly holding up four fingers like he thought it was fourth down. Jeez. I mean, that yeah. just – it was a bad look. I I don't – I can't tell if the if the Bears are a decent team or not. Like, I, they look – for the majority of that game, they looked <laughs> terrible. For the majority of the game, they were bad. 
But Nick Foles looked good in that last drive. The defense is decent. Like, do you think the Bears have a chance at making the playoffs, Tony, or or they just keep winning these games they shouldn't be? Uh, I guess they should. I guess they, they could. Um, I thought. The I think you're right. I felt like the Bucks lost that more than the Bears won it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. You know, it's still after five games. If we consider we're going to play 16 games after five games, there's so many teams that are three and two that have an opportunity, or two and three that can still come through. Uh, and, and yeah, I guess you got to consider them for the playoffs right now with Detroit not doing anything, and uh, you know Green Bay being just the class of that um, of, of that division. So, and the Vikings have fallen on hard times. So, yeah, I guess they could. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks got to get healthy eventually. You got to think Chris Godwin comes back, and I'll be interested to see what that offense looks like when that comes. But. Yeah, that, those are those games, those Thursday night games, especially – I know the Bears have a good record, but you got to win those yeah. games. You just need to, and they and they didn't. So, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, Braden, what do you got? What, what's one of the losses you, you kind of took a, a lot away from yeah, last week? Yeah, that, that was going to be my same loss, so I won't talk too much about it. But something about the Bucks that has always been the case with the Tampa Bay Bucks, no matter who's been the quarterback or whatever – they're just a sloppy team, and I, I don't know if that's Arian's fault or what. But if you look at the box score of this game, there's no way the Bears should have won this game. They the 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 Bucks played better than them in almost every aspect, but they had a, twice almost twice as many penalties. They had 11 to Chicago's six. They held the ball for longer. Turnovers were relatively the same. They had over 100 more total yards. So that's just something that I don't think Tom Brady's – I mean, I know Tom Brady's not expecting, you know, 11 penalties by his team being with Bill Belichick his entire career. But that was a takeaway for me, and uh, that was my most notable loss. All They've the been kind of heavy day. penalized throughout the year, haven't they? This isn't yeah. just like – They have. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if, if, they're, yeah. if they're not a top five penalized team, I would be shocked. That, that, it's yeah. just kind of – I don't know if it's something in the water in Tampa Bay or if it's an Arians thing, but they're just a sloppy team. Well, when it becomes that. a trend like that to me, I don't know. This yeah. is just my opinion. I always – something is with the coaching. It's with the, the mentality of the team where they just don't focus on the little things because you don't see New England do those kind of things. Like you said, Tom Brady's yeah. not used to getting flagged yeah. for – and it was funny him yelling at his whole offensive line and stuff and then him holding up the four fingers. I saw a lot of people <laughs> having fun with that at the end of the game. <laughs> that I one – you you play 37 years in the NFL, at least at some point you're going to mess that up, I guess, aren't you? Well, and, they, you know, <laughs> they made a point of the broadcast. It can be kind of hard. When you spike as a quarterback, you don't think of that as a play because you're probably thinking, like, I threw one incomplete, I had one run play or whatever. So you're thinking that way. But Brady's been around for a long time. He should probably have that calculated out right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm holding off hope, but I do – I think the Bucs are in – on and for me, they're in the territory as they're good – I'm not ready to say they're NFC contenders yet. I, there's a lot more I need to see for, for me to put them in the list of contenders. They'll probably make the playoffs, but yeah. there's just a lot more I need to see. It seems like, Braden, you're in the same boat. You, you agree, Tone? Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, if they're 9-7 and seven and 10-6, and six, they're, they're in the NFC this year, there's a possibility you don't make playoffs unless yeah. you're in the NFC East. And you can be well, and in their division right now, it's tied for – there's three teams at 3-2. and two. We mentioned the Panthers. They're 3-2 and two now. Yeah. Yeah. The the Saints are three and two. The Bucks are three and two. I mean that, that division's not just. A, I mean you got Atlanta. <laughs> they are a cakewalk. But other than that, dude. But you got good teams. Uh, Seattle. I mean, uh, excuse me. San Francisco two and three. You got Arizona, who's above, and you, you got the Rams. that are playing great. Um, and, and and not. It's just tough. It's going to be tough to get through the NFC uh, in the playoffs. Less than ten and six. Oh, like I said, unless you're well, in the NFC East. Yeah, if you're in the NFC, I mean, six and ten might get there for all we know. Um, 
You mentioned the team that actually is going to get my award for the worst loss this week, and that is the 49ers. So two weeks ago, the Niners were leaving New York after back-to-back games on a field that they blame for a lot of injuries that have ravaged that team. And they thought, all right, look, the scheduling gods have blessed us. We get back-to-back games against teams with a combined record of 1-5-1. and So they thought, all right, let's just get through these, maybe 2-0, and 1-1, and and we'll have a decent we'll, – We'll have a decent record going into the middle of our schedule. Well, instead, they lost to the Eagles and then just mollywhopped by the by the Dolphins. I mean, I, that game, I had them in a parlay. Just, I just took the Niners' money line because I didn't think they were great, but I thought, well, they'll surely beat the Dolphins, right? They look terrible, and then Jimmy G gets benched, maybe an injury thing. I don't know. I mean, what did you think, Tony, watching that game? Papa Parlay loves the Miami Dolphins. Just loves them. <laughs> and Man, LJ, LJ is looking like a genius. He took them plus nine, I'm which he was kind of going, you. Uncle Tony told me they're a tough team. Hey, well, they didn't look like a uh, tough team. The, the 49ers made them look like a great team. Uh, hey, let's just say this weekend Uncle Tony took the, the Dolphins with the money line. So it was a good weekend <laughs> for Uncle Tony. But, um, yeah. I, I wish you had told me to do that, too. <laughs> The Dolphins are tough, and, and uh, honestly, the Dolphins should have beat the the Seahawks the week before. They had five field goals. If they had two of those, if one of those field goals was a touchdown, they they beat the spread. If two of them, they beat the Seahawks, who are arguably one of the best offenses in the league. And they're a tough little team, and uh, you got to be careful. But yeah, that was a bad loss by the 49ers. Well, so looking at it. Uh- Instead, like I mentioned, they thought, you know, we can get a couple wins off some bad teams. We can go into the meat of our schedule four and one, maybe three and two at the worst. Instead, they're still banged up. We don't even know what the quarterback situation is going to be there. And they're three games now behind the Seahawks in the NFC West. And their upcoming schedule has seven straight games against teams that are 500 or better. Let me read you what they got coming for them. They got the Rams, Patriots, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Rams, Bills, if they get through that four and three, that is fantastic for them. And I don't really know. Two they're, wins. More, they're more than, yeah, more than likely that's two wins at yeah. most. And if that happens, they yeah. might have already lost the division. The Seahawks, I know the Seahawks defense isn't great, but they're undefeated and they're going to keep winning, I think. Yeah. The 49ers needed to win these easy games before this stuff. And that's I don't know. One. I still think there's talent. I think we realized pretty quick losing Bosa hurt them a lot on that defense. And they're, they're banged up in the back in the secondary too, but. Yeah. yeah, not being able to run the football is really what's hurting them. Yeah, true, and they and they can't get healthy at running back either. I, I yeah. they've had a tough time. I I want to say I've, I've heard like Super Bowl hangover. It's I think maybe part of that, but also just injury bug just hit them really hard, yeah. and I, yeah. it's hard to recover when that happens. I don't know what what moves on yeah. from there. I did want to ask you, Tony, benching Jimmy Garoppolo like that. You know, like you said, you're not benching Breeze. You're not benching. They're good quarterbacks. But when you see Garoppolo bench like that, I know Shanahan said he saw that he was just not making the right throws and the injury was affecting him. So maybe that gives him flight. But if you're in that locker room, you already know he's getting paid Buku's amount of money. I think it's like $27 million or something. And then you see him get benched. It's hard to rally around a guy where you think the coach doesn't even trust him, right? Yeah, that's very interesting. Now, it, it could be two different ways. The coach could be saying to his team, look, I don't care how much you're getting paid. If you're not doing your job, I'm pulling you off the field. And he was in a no-win scenario there. It was at a point in the game where they're probably not – they're really not in a position to truly win the game. And so he pulls them out of quote-unquote injury. But in that locker room, I bet he read Garoppolo the 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 riot act and said, look, man, you got to play better than this if you're going to be the quarterback of this team. And it, much like we had the conversation about Phillip Rivers – 
all Garoppolo's got to do is manage the game, and he couldn't do that. And and if there's an injury, this problem. If the shoulder's bad and he's not being able to make throws, that's one thing. But um, but you just got to be able to manage the game and get your team in the right position to make those right calls. Yeah. And he, he clearly wasn't there in Miami. And Miami is an interesting team. I know that you, you were two weeks ago, Tony. You said they're like you weren't it. saying like they're a playoff team or thing, but you said they're frisky. They're going to play tough. And it seemed like they were one of your cover teams going for the rest of the year. So that gets us right to our locks <laughs> of the week. I don't know if you're picking Miami, but locks of the week. Is there anybody you're real keen on so far moving on to this next week? Um, you know, next week there's a couple of things I really like. Well, and 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 you know, um, it, there are some tough games this week to make calls on, and well, that's what me, me and LJ were looking at the board before you got on, and we we're like, this is just kind of an odd board. It's, it's a tough week, you know, and unfortunately, the word is out on the Dolphins, and they get the Jets this week, and so they're nine and a half point favorites, and that is that's against crazy. Adam Gase, <laughs> uh, and, and so Gase is coming home. There, who's who's going to have more bad blood? I'm not sure, but um, but I will say this that. Um, you know, I the Cardinals going to the Cowboys after losing Dak and the Cowboys only being one and a half being one and a half point home dogs. Boy, I sure do like the Cardinals in that game. And I I you know, I because one and a half now if the Cowboys were three or four, I would say, yeah, let's let's move on that. But the Cardinals are a decent team. I think you've got to trust the NFC West that they're better. And even though it is on the road. Uh, after losing Dak, I think they're just not settled yet. So I'm really, it's I'm not real strong on it, but I do like the Cardinals in that game to to cover two points. Well, I, that game interests me for sure, and I'm not sure with with the Cowboys. I, and the reason I don't bet on on Cowboys is because I know by the, I, I said this last week, but by the end of the week, I will talk myself into the Cowboys winning this game because that's just what I do. But <laughs> I'm not sure if the Cowboys are going to be depleted losing Dak because I could easily see that because Dak was that offense or if I could see them doing the rally around nobody believes in us get back to to smash mouth football with just hitting the weapons I, I could see that game going either way so that one scares me but it does intrigue me what Braden do you have any strong thoughts on that one just curious I'm I'm staying away from that one just because I don't I don't <laughs> I don't know what to think about Andy Dalton yet. Uh, I mean, I know what I think about him, but I'm not I don't, not confident enough to put money on it. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that the, the, or I know the Cardinals are a team that want, want to run 100 plays a game. As bad as the Cowboys' defense is, they could <laughs> put 45 on it. There's no way I'd bet on the Cowboys in this game, uh, but I'm going to stay away completely just because. That's I, the I biggest thing that makes me think Tony's on to something is that offense can score points and that defense yeah. can give up points. So that's maybe where the, you yeah. like it. Yeah. Arizona. Maybe the best bet is the over in that game. I don't know. Over well, lately, uh, Cowboys like over has been yeah. straight up money. Five so yeah. Five and oh. yeah. Hasn't missed yet. Yeah. Over another game. <laughs> no lost. All right. Uh, Never lost. Braden, what, what do you no. got? What, what's something that you, that you got uh, your eye on this week? Yeah, so I'm going to go to a gross game, but it's actually one of my favorite ones of the year. Um, I, I, like I said, like we talked about earlier, it's a gross slate to me. A lot of weird games. The Colts are favored by eight, weird number. Vikings favored by four, weird number. Anyway, it's just it's just a weird slate. So I don't like a lot of games, but I like this one a lot. It's uh, the Washington football team at the Giants. It's Washington football team plus three and a half is what I hit it at. I hit it early this morning. I'm not sure why anybody t- thinks these teams are three points apart. Actually, I think the wrong team's favored. Maybe they gave three points to the Giants because of a little home field advantage thing, but there's no fans. 
It's not a far travel. I'm just not really understanding that one. I actually think the Giants are the worst team in the league other than the Jets. In this game, I think the best offensive player is Terry McLaurin on the Washington football team. Best defensive player is Chase Young, also on Washington. Uh, that that Washington defense is actually, I think, kind of good. Listen to this. So the, in their week one, they played Philly. So bad team. They had two picks, one fumble recovery, and eight sacks. Since then, they've gone to Arizona, a 3-2 and two Arizona team, to Cleveland, a 4-1 and one Cleveland team. They played 4-1 and one Baltimore at home and 4-1 and one Rams at home. So they've played really good teams and, more importantly, better offenses since that good outing against Philadelphia. I think they get a horrible offense at here. And Danny Jones, who, like we kind of talked about earlier, 27 starts, 27 interceptions, and 22 fumbles. I can't 22 fumbles is a lot of fumbles. I, I can't even wrap my head around that. So anyway, PFF <laughs> actually grades this New York Giants, this New York Giants pass blocking offense as the worst in the league. I think Chase Young has a field day. Washington has a good time on defense. And I, I don't know who's starting at quarterback for them. Is Kyle Allen back? Is Alex Smith going to play? To be honest with you, I don't think it matters. I'm hammering the three and a half, and I actually like him on the money line. You can find who's, it anywhere between 120 and 150. Who's starting a quarterback for the football team? Uh, yeah, it's either going to be Kyle Allen if he he kind of got dinged up, and you know, in that last game, and that's why Alex Smith came in. To me, the difference between Kyle Allen and current Alex Smith, I guess I would lean towards Alex Smith because of his experience, but I honestly don't. I don't think it matters a ton in this game. I do want to read this off to you, and uh, that. I don't like the Giants. I think the Giants are terrible. And you've, you've all, you might have talked me into this game. I don't know. <laughs> but just looking back at last week, not counting the drive that Alex Smith actually came in on, they went five plays, 29 yards field goal. Three and out, negative 10 yards punt. Three and out, one yard punt. Three and out, negative five yards punt. Four plays, eight yards turnover on downs. Three plays, negative five yards punt. Three plays, negative two yards punt. Three plays, seven yards punt. In total, Alex Smith's offense went 24 plays, 43 yards, that's less than two yards per play, 3.6 punts, one turnover. I I don't know if that team's scoring enough. I don't I don't like them because of the offense this week. I think they have Terry McLaurin and, and Antonio Gibson who can make some plays, but I like them because of the defense. I think 17 points wins this game. So maybe the under is a better play. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I, I think the, the Giants are just that bad. And they scored a lot. Of, I think they're getting a bump in this game because they scored a lot of points on, as we've mentioned, maybe the worst defense in the NFL. So that's why they're getting a little yeah. bump, and they shouldn't be and, getting that bump. Yeah, and and again, that's kind of why I like the Cardinals. That's NFC – last week was NFC West versus NFC East, and the Rams just manhandled the Redskins. So now they get to come back home and <laughs> into the NFC East and, and play the Giants. I I, I would agree with that, with that pick. I think for my pick this week, I I credit this team for their best win, but I'm going to get – I'm going to think they lose. I think the Steelers, they should – they ended up covering – Made us made a I think it was Prestige Worldwide picked them last week. Ended up covering barely. They 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 made it close. I think that little scare at the end has the Steelers like okay let's let's play put a whole full game together. They figured out that hey we just happened to have drafted yet another All Star receiver All Pro receiver in the third round. Chase Claypool looks great. I hope Deontay Johnson comes back. I got them minus three and a half over the Browns. I just don't. I don't know about the Browns. I, Baker Mayfield was a little banged up last week. I think the Colts lost that game a little more than the Browns won it, although it was a good win for them at 4-1. and one. I think we kind of level out and go, okay, the Browns are a playoff team, but they're not a Steeler. They're not as good as the Steelers. They're just not to me. So I think I'm going 3.5. I wish it was – I was wishing it would be like more like 2.5, but I'll take 3.5 <laughs> Steelers. It might get to 2.5 by the time game time gets because there's going to be a lot of people that love the Browns and start putting that on there. 
So another one that intrigued me was Detroit Lions minus three and a half over Jags, just because I think the Jaguars aren't that great. But uh, it's hard to bet on a Matt Patricia coach team. So yeah. he might be the next coach out of here. So uh, yeah. even ahead of Gase somehow, some way. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would, I would yeah. hold off on that, Patricia, for now. <laughs> yeah, and I and I'd say this, Kevin. If someone is out there that that's scared of that Cardinal game that I picked, I, I think the Titans minus three uh, with at home against the Texans is probably a pretty good pretty good bet. You you never know coming off a Tuesday night game <laughs> how they're gonna uh, you know come together on a, a noon Sunday game. But I the Texans are hurting coming into that. Probably going to be a shootout, but I could see the Titans definitely covering three at home I, against the Texans. Yeah, I like both of those. Just for all the listeners out there, one, you can put all that money down over at Bet Online right now. If you put in the promo code Armchair, you'll get a special deposit. And just to let you know, we ended up going three and one last week. The only loser was me, so just don't listen to me because I took the Colts <laughs> last week. We went three and one. LJ, I wish we got LJ's pick because that man is on fire. I think he's got like four straight in a row. So uh, we, yeah. he, he's probably watching the least, but he's just money when it comes to picks. But he also told me as soon as you start thinking he's money, he's bound to lose. So it's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing we don't get this pick. But bet online is where you can put all that money down. Just put in the promo code armchair, A-R-M, chair, C-H-A-I-R, in, in, the, in the promo code, and you will get a little special deposit. All right, we're about to get into some final talks. Me and Braden are going to talk a little NBA Finals, a little LeBron. Uh, Tony, we really appreciate you coming on, and we will catch you next week. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Peace out. All right, now we need to get into some NBA Finals talk. All right, so it was kind of the inevitable, what we knew was going to happen. We're not going to get into any any uh, Jordan-Bron debates. Those have been played out. We know how it's going to go. You either – you have a side or you don't. So we're not going to get into that, Braden. But what was – we'll just go first. What were your thoughts kind of off the, the bubble and the finals and the Lakers winning? What, what were you thinking? Yeah, well, the, the bubble in general was – man, I loved it. I mean, you know, basketball is my kind of main thing. I was just super happy about how the bubble turned out. No positive COVID tests. They seem to have really everything under control. So it was cool to see everything kind of come to an end and there'd be like a cool moment. Yeah, the finals was, I mean, I think the Lakers were a little bit over minus 300 favorites to win that series, even when the Heat were healthy. And then in game one, you know, two of the three best players get knocked out. And from that point, it just kind of loses a lot of, uh, loses a lot of steam. But I like the result because I'm a LeBron guy. So, I mean, I, I, I had a good time watching it. I just can't help but think about, uh, how good that Miami team was before the injuries. And even they showed some fight afterwards, but I just really, I, I, I want to know the same way everyone does what that series would have been like had it, had they been at full strength. Same. I still think the Lakers went, I think the Lakers were the best sure. team. Even before the shutdown, the Lakers were the best team in the NBA, in my opinion. Sure. And then they had to, they had to get work some things out, but then when the playoffs started, they were the best team. They gentlemen sweeped everybody up into the finals. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I mean, Jimmy Butler, we're going to get into this in a second, but Jimmy Butler was one of, he probably raised his, like sure. what people think about him. That's probably higher, the highest you could talk about anybody coming from the bubble. And it was really impressive what he did like that. I think one thing about the bubble, it was really weird seeing them celebrate with no yeah. fans. And like you could hear <laughs> random distinct, like indistinct yelling yeah. and kids. It was weird. And I felt bad for them because it would be really cool to celebrate that in Staples. But I think the basketball was as good as we've seen. Like the basketball was really good. That game, what was it? Was it five where Jimmy five was and the Brown, crazy one? That was that a, was a game. really, really good yeah. basketball game, just as far as what we were seeing. 
For sure. It would, it would have been amazing if fans were there. And, and oh, as, like <laughs> you're saying, especially for the Lakers and this year, everything they've been through with Kobe and stuff, yeah, th- there wouldn't have been a better year to have fans in, this, in the stadium. Unfortunately, we couldn't have them. But. Um, I do think one, one just – Shout out to Jimmy Butler because he played great. He had a great – he had a couple of games that were LeBron-esque games where he just did everything for the Heat. And I took think, it to him. Yeah, and I think if it tells time. you anything, I, it, it should be – it's impressive. First off, it's just impressive what Jimmy did, and that was really good by Jimmy Butler. But the fact that he never was able to back up one of those really good games with another one, to me, right. just made me respect Bron even more because he did that against a better Warriors team and did it every single game when he had no one playing with them. That's why I saw the tweets. It was like, why aren't we? We talked about LeBron winning finals MVP when he lost to the Warriors. Why is no one talking about Jimmy Butler? And I was like, well, it's because LeBron did it every single game. It wasn't game two and then game five. It was games one, two, three, four, five. Right. The thing about Jimmy Butler is like you watch that series, and I think everyone who watched that series watched every game or maybe even just watched games, you know, three and five. You watch it and you gain so much respect for Jimmy Butler and everything he does throughout the bubble. But at the end of the day, like if you had him ranked, I'm completely just making this up. If you had him ranked, which everyone loves to rank people nowadays. If you had him link, ranked like in the 20s. Are you moving him up in like the early teens now? You're probably not because of what you're just talking about. But you still gain so much respect for the way that he carried that team and had like two out of body experiences. When, they, when those guys get hurt in the first game, you're thinking this is an four. easy. You're sweep. thinking maybe sweep. Yeah, you're yeah, thinking exactly. four games and before the series. You're like, oh, this Heat team's good. They can put up a fight, win in five or six. They get to six without Bam and Drogic, and that's solely because Jimmy Butler has two out-of-body experiences and totally takes it to Braun's chest and beats him twice straight up. Yeah, I think if anything else, this just has Heat fans – should have Heat fans excited because yeah. I don't, Butler is at the peak, I think. He's not getting better than he is right now. Well, I don't know. I he won't be a lot worse, I don't think, next year, but he's not getting better. Bam's only getting better. He, the, yeah. Watching him – probably for him watching Anthony Davis, he probably is thinking – that can be me, That's if me. not more. Like he does a lot of the. I don't know to say he can be Anthony Davis is a lot, but for him personally, I bet he is looking for that. And he he has those skill sets. Like he his jump shot does not look like it looks fluid. It looks yeah. fine. He'll get right. better at that. He passes well. There was times he didn't do it as much in the finals, but there's times where he will like just straight up break a big man down on the dribble. Uh, and defensively, he's a stud. I think he's yeah. going to be great. And he's on a rookie contract, so the Heat. Right. And they've always the heat of Pat Riley's always able to finagle a little bit in the free agency. I think they're interesting. I don't know if they're going to get Giannis or not, but they're interesting right. for sure. Not, for sure, got a lot of room to improve with the the young studs that they have on rookie contracts and guys like you're saying, like Drogic and Jimmy, who are probably not still ascending, but I don't think they're falling off cliffs anytime soon. So definitely an interesting. I thought the finals was a good was a good. Uh, we leveled off enough on Hero. Like, we were way too yeah. – Hero got – his stock got really high after <laughs> yeah. that really good game, which it was fantastic. It was 37 right. points. But you finally saw he airballed a floater. He had some trouble. And he's a rookie in the finals. I mean, yeah. that's he's a tough spot. So, he's yeah. I'm not, yeah. like, saying he's trash or anything, but I think he's no. he's a good young player. He's not like – we were ready – or I would say NBA Twitter seemed like they were ready to put him in the all-star game starting shooting guard for yeah. the East next year. Like, well, I was – I was getting pretty close. No, yeah, it, it was probably good. <laughs> it was getting pretty it, – it, it was good to see him get a little bit humbled. I mean, you want him to play well, but, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, if, if they end up pulling that series out, they're handing him grape juice in the locker room. Like, he literally is a child out there. And at least he's at least he's hanging around. So, so. Okay, I, I want to take a look back at the entire bubble and kind of talk about whose stock rose the most during the bubble. But first, looking forward, next year, are the Lakers – 
better next year, similar? Are they they're the favorites probably next year, I would say. Favorite, yeah, they will be the favorites, or they already are. Lines have come out. Uh, do you think they're the better a better team next year? I don't I mean, if you made me place a bet right now, I'm placing them on the Lakers. But you know, we have yeah. I guess technically it won't be a long offseason because everything's so condensed. But a lot of well, I don't know when they're going to start back up. I mean, there's all kinds of rumors of do they start at Christmas? Do they start in February? Do they start in March? I I think it's completely up in the air. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm I'll be happy if it's if it's back in March, honestly, because I I think they want fans in the stadium and yada yada. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's got to be the Lakers. So my thing is, and of course I'm a LeBron guy, but until. LeBron falls off the cliff until he's averaging 18 points a game. If that ever even happens, I'm going to, I'm going to bet on his team. I'm going to bet on the finals to go through his team at least. So I'm going to think he's the team that's going to get there. But I mean, I I think there's a lot of middle tier teams next year. There's a lot of teams getting healthier like the nets and the warriors. So there's a lot of teams that could really present some problems and, and surprise a lot of people. But I I think looking at next year, just to be bland, you, you have to think the Lakers are the favorites to repeat. I think Anthony Davis, they they joke about, or I don't know if they joke, but they said it, and I think some people scoffed at it, but I really do think this is Anthony Davis kind of scratching the surface of what he really can be. Agreed. Because we saw it with LeBron when he went to Miami. LeBron yep. realized how good he can really be going to Miami, and then we saw him in Cleveland where at the peak of his powers where he was intellectually there, athletically there, and all that. Now, Anthony Davis is coming up on that to me, and I think the reason LeBron was so annoyed about not winning the MVP or at least not even a closer vote, was because I think he's getting ready to kind of chill during the regular season and start being the Magic Johnson. Like, AD, go get your 30 and 15 and go win you a couple MVPs. I think he's ready for that. That's why he made one more push where he's going to try to average. I'm not saying he's going to, like you said, go to 18 points a game, but I I think he's going to go into the point guard mold and just kind of chill in the regular season and let AD go rack up the stats because we all know he can. He can do it all. I agree. That that, that would be the thing next season that would – unlock a new version of the Lakers that would get them over the hump of teams like the Warriors or the healthy Nets if it come you know if if they if they do well or even God forbid the, the Clippers if they figure out whatever they've got going or if the Heat are healthy you know what I'm saying if 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 it's not such an unfortunate event finals and the Lakers need to unlock something new I think it's what you're saying and it probably ends up with AD winning finals MVP so I'll be interested to see what they go All right, so here before we wrap up on the NBA stuff let's just look at there was a couple of people that got they they moved them. We saw some Clippers move themselves down on the list of where we, where we reviewed them. So we're not talking about them. But who's some guys where their stock rose the highest during this bubble thing? I mean, I know the Clippers. I mean, the, not the Clippers. The Suns, like Devin Booker, went up, but they didn't make the playoffs, so they're probably not there. Who's someone that you look at in a completely different light now after the bubble? Is it Jimmy? Is that the one you're looking at? Or yeah, well, easy obvious answer is definitely Jimmy. I look at him completely different. Uh, I used to look at him as, and if and if you look at his, I think I may have said this last time I was on the pod. If if you look at his free throw numbers, he basically does what James Harden does. He gets such a high percentage of his points from the free throw line, and, and he plays great defense and and whatever. But that's that's pretty much what he was. But before this bubble and before that finals, especially, I really didn't look at him as a guy that just wants it more than anybody else on the court. And in that respect, I think he definitely moved the needle the most for me. I think if nothing else, he did. He answered all the questions where we thought, what's what's wrong? What happened in Minnesota? What happened yeah. in Chicago? What right, happened in Philly? Right. Like, it seems like there's one common issue and it's Jimmy. I think I'm, I would be now looking back. I'd rather have Jimmy on my team than not. He just seems like he's whatever it is. Like even when he's not making shots, he's giving you everything he has. And he it it was something to see when he stepped on that court with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. He at least carried himself like he was the best player on the court, which 
not a lot of guys will do or can do. And so I, that was impressive. So he's definitely Agreed. up there. But who's your other answer as far as uh, whose stock rose the most in the bubble? Yeah, I think another cliche answer is Jamal for obvious reasons. But to go with a, like a non-cliche answer or just one that I think is interesting looking into this next offseason is Rondo is a free agent, as are a lot of guys on that Lakers team. And Rondo over the years is like, okay, this guy's a bad teammate. He's a head case. He's been that way on teams that never really had a shot. I think Lake or the Lakers, this Lakers team showed a lot of people that Rondo can still do it or is still smart enough to know a way to contribute. And going into this offseason, he's someone that I'm really watching big name contenders taking a look at. I, th- I think he could, if he doesn't stay with the Lakers, which I think he truly wants to because he loves to, to play with LeBron. I think he even came out and said that in an interview, how their basketball IQ matches up so well. But I, I, th- I think he could make big money on a one or two year contract to go to a different contender and play a big role. I think you probably stay. I think what's important for Rondo is yes, he is super smart. I I know this firsthand because I I remember when the Mavs got him. I thought it was going to be a great addition. You (laughs) do need someone on that roster that can check Rondo, and that's what LeBron is. And Rondo does that for LeBron too. I think at times, so I think they're a good fit. He should stay at LA. I think he wants to, but like you're saying, if someone does come out with a a really high two year offer, money does talk. So I could see him leaving if if the money comes calling. Uh, Jamal definitely is one. It's worth at least rehashing. I mean, he was before the playoffs. I know uh, I listened to Ryan Russell a lot. I know he was big on Jamal Murray's the 13 or 30 guy. He, he, mm-hmm. he can't get you 30 and you're not shocked, but he could get you 15 and you don't notice him, and that doesn't yeah. shock you either. Well, in the playoffs, he showed up game after game after game, and it impressed the hell out of me. Um, another player, I'm trying to think of someone off the wall that that really kind of made their mark and showed me that they're, they're something. Yeah, the mean, T.J. Warren games. The I would – I think I already knew Duncan Robinson was good, but I think Duncan Duncan Robinson has solidified himself to me as he's going to make yeah. a lot of money in this NBA and play 10 years in the league because yeah. he's confident, he'll shoot it. And that's where I think he was already a good shooter and uh, he started to ascend with the Heat, but it wasn't every single game. And that's what the – if you read all the stories on him, that's what Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolcher have been preaching him like, you're taking seven plus threes a game. And if you're not, then you're then you're coming off – you're sitting down. And I right. think now he's figured out, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to shoot. And then one that he did, he shot that one over Kyle Kuzma and hit an and one. And Kuzma was mad that they called the foul, which they call all those a fouls nowadays. But he looked at Kuzma and was like, you effing fouled me. Like he has that little <laughs> – Jimmy Butler is putting a little bit of that Jimmy. Yeah. Not a lot, but enough to where I think he's going to be a really, really good starter for 10 years. The people that are comparing to Clay Thompson, stop. Because Clay Thompson right. has a way better defense and yeah. is a better catch and shoot. But Duncan Robinson's really good, so I think he's going to yeah. have a good – yeah, yeah, Duncan's, Duncan's a guy that on that Heat team, it really showed how important this type of player is. A player that just knows their role and knows how to perform it at, at a really high level. And that to me is Duncan Robinson. My, my roommate was asking me, he doesn't watch a lot of basketball, but it was it was like game four or five or something. He was like, Duncan Robinson, he he's like a pretty good shooter, right? Like, you know, and I'm like, uh, yeah, that's that's like his whole thing. He was, I think he had the second best three-point percentage in the league. And he's a guy where on any given night, you could look at his box score and his field goal percentage, or he, he may be seven for 11 on field goals. And then you scroll over and look at his threes and it's seven for 11 on threes too. So he just knows he's out there to snipe, play team defense, and and that's it. And he's and he's really, really good at it. And he, yeah, that's that's what the Heat team was so fun with. That everybody knows yeah. their role. They just knew what they were going to do. And I guess another person who stock rose, just because if you didn't watch a ton of basketball this year, you didn't notice it. Bam's been doing this all year. Oh, he yeah. stuck it up another level in the playoffs. But Bam, I'm just super excited to watch Bam going forward because I think he, the ceiling is really high for what that guy can end up being. 
He can yeah, end up being a going, star. Going into next year, who do you think is the best player on the Heat? I think it's Bam to me. I think I Bam's agree. the best player. Unless they somehow get Giannis or something. But right. yeah, Bam's Bam's the best player on the team. And I Even think Jimmy Butler would tell you the same Jimmy. thing. One hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. All right, that'll wrap up our NBA talk. Braden, we really appreciate you coming on. We thank Uncle Tony for coming on. We will be back again next week. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter at Just Press Play Podcast or on our website, jpppod.com. Make sure you are subscribing to us on wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Music, Stitcher, anywhere. And we will catch you again next week.